So you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show through the podcast. But what you're doing is you're stealing from what you're oh, doing. Why, why do you? Is why, you're coming why, to my why, home, why, knocking food out why, of my kids' mouths. They, That's what you're doing. He's unstable, my friends. Don't listen to him. But this is the week we're raising money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Instead of giving us money for the podcast, how about you give money to the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? Oh, my gosh. The work they do, soldiers, sailors, Marines, uh, a lot of whom have been terribly injured some PTSD, some traumatic brain injury, and when they need it the most, when they could fall through the cracks and become a statistic or or their lives just fall apart, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is there to save them. And it's all volunteer. Over 94% of the money goes directly to the guys. I mean, their overhead is tiny. We got a goal of 300000 this week. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. Armstrongandgetty.com. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! This is the bike who got me on the penis before. Why did you do this? For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Oh, ah, uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want to hang out with that dude. So why did we play that? Did you watch the football game? <laughs> the reason we played that is somebody named a succulent Chinese meal donated $36 to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We just had a $25 or $50 donation from Princess Banana Hammock. We appreciate wow. that. Wow. What? As we are now up to $217,000, which is just great. Um, oh, it's absolutely fabulous. We're going to do so much good. I mean, the, the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, all the volunteers, they, they can use every dime productively to helping our uh, young heroes when they need it the most. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk to somebody with an amazing story of how uh, his life benefited from Freedom, Freedom Station coming up here in a little bit. We got this text. I chipped in a few bucks in memory of my military friend who took his life a few months back. He was in his 20s and left a wife and two kids behind. Oh, my God! I wish he'd known about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Maybe they could have helped him. Well, They, they would have tried like crazy. Yeah, and they have helped people like that. Um, so Yeah, that's exactly what they're working toward preventing and working on. Some more on that coming up in just Go a little bit. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate as much as you can. Armstrongandgetty.com. We've talked a lot about social media today, I guess partially because they've, uh, Facebook is in court in Great Britain, and a whole bunch of emails, internal emails from Facebook have come out, and we now know that Facebook was all about stealing your information and manipulating and all that sort of stuff for a long time, knew exactly what they were doing. Yep. It's their entire business plan. It wasn't an accident. Knowingly, intentionally, and constantly aware that if you found out what they were doing and how they were doing it, you would be angry. So working very hard to cover what they were up to. It's undeniable at this point. They didn't get hacked by some app. The irresponsible Cambridge Analytica. We can't believe they did this to us. Right. So. Oh, my gosh. What a lie. We all know that. 
But this is interesting. Reddit co-founder. What's Reddit? It's a website. News website? Yeah. Uh, a, a messaging board hub. Sort right. Of and people post stuff you can look at and then discussions ensue. It's very popular. Speaking at Business Insiders, a Business Insider conference on Monday, the co-founder of Reddit said we've hit peak social. Um, what does that mean? Are the days of these big companies done? I really, really believe that we've hit, hit peak social, where the platforms that are one too many, where we follow individ- individuals, have really, in a lot of ways, run their course, and we've reached the ceiling. Uh, referring to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of these. And the idea that we're in- people are increasingly wanting to belong to a smaller community of people who are more like-minded rather than the giant everybody's in it. Hmm. Which absolutely makes sense of where we'll end up. Look, yeah. look at TV and you know and music. Uh, it's just going that way in a much faster way. From we're all listening to the same thing. Now we're just listening to the stuff we like and watching the stuff we like. Aren't these the ideological bubbles we've been talking about, though? Yep. Well, could be. Oh, I see what you mean as a problem for just so getting negative. the information we want. But. Right. Right. But then Although, they won't you know, be as Facebook powerful. They won't, they won't twist have... your news feed to kind of accomplish that anyway. Sure. If, they, if, they, if they're all a whole bunch of small, we get together with people who like to camp and tend to be liberal or whatever, mm-hmm. they're not going to be that big. And uh, they certainly won't wield as much power or won't be as susceptible to somebody trying to hack into or whatever. Well, and uh, although Facebook and Facebook especially is trying to be a platform of platforms where people like that can gather for that purpose. I just I'm not sure I follow his reasoning. But. What what people seem to be clamoring for more and more now is community. And so whether that goes to private group chats like your WhatsApp group, your Signal group or new platforms that have emerged. Social media sites are seeing a backlash because people now feel like their voices are being drowned out. We're seeing this as a response to the fact that so much of the social engagement is now about a sense of community. It's about a sense of playing to your tribe, your following. Um, I could see this happening. And the idea that everybody was on the same thing will just go away. Hmm. And times change. And it might not be better. It might be worse for society. Who knows? I don't know. Can't yeah. predict that. But it can't, It definitely will change. I'm just glad that, you know, some of us who have been kind of the uh, the Jeremiah, what was the, uh, the Old Testament uh, really a negative prophet? Was Herman the, Melville. Right. Uh, Jer- Jeremiah, I think, is, is was always warning about doom. Um, it's been a while since I've read it. Forgive me. but uh, I was uh, considering naming my son Mordecai. Ah, uh, that's a good one. And uh, bring that up every now and then. And just yesterday, Sam said, I'm so glad you didn't name me Mordecai. Kids would make fun of me all the time, he said. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. So anyway... Uh, Old-timey old Bible name. Th- those of us who've been uh, going from town to town rending our garments and saying the end is is nigh about social media, it's kind of gratifying to see people catching on to the uh, the sickness that goes along with it. The uh, You know, it tastes good, but it'll hurt you. Yeah, and I also think it's fair to point out that he's co-founder of Reddit. He's essentially saying the future of social media is what my website does really well, kind of break down uh, into subgroups uh. and stuff like that. I think he's got a lot of good points, but in full disclosure, he's kind of saying, hey, what I'm doing is great. Sure. It makes sense to me, though, because people have a a view of Twitter, Facebook, all these, these, these things now of being a, you know, not, for some of us, not my crowd. And so you don't right. want to be associated with yeah. it. So, so something else comes around that is your crowd. And by the way, one of the emails that came out, Marshall mentioned this in his news earlier, from this Facebook trial in Great Britain, was that how how um, how focused they were on growth. And you said, well, of course they are. They are business. But that's not what they... The, their image, of 
it's not surprising that a company was focused on growth, mm-hmm. but their image was just kind of, we're just here having fun. Right. We're not trying to take over the world and become million, gazillionaires. That's not what we're in this for. We're just in it for fun and people getting together and everybody mm-hmm. loving everybody. Okay. I mean, that was it was silly that anybody ever bought that at all, but it's now in black and white that that was not their thing. I regret the moment I first inserted that AOL disc into my computer. You didn't know. It's evil. You didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know. Right. Right. Uh, we have a guest coming up. I think we have time for this. Apropos of nothing, I just this is the paragraph tease to the movie review within the Washington Post and Hornaday. No, the movie Roma isn't as good as you've heard. It's better. Roma, a masterful drama by Alfonso Cuaron, is many things at once. Epic and intimate, mythic and mundane. So far, so good. Mythic and mundane at the same time. All Based right. on Cuaron's memories of growing up in a bourgeois Mexico City household in the 70s, this tone poem to his youth is shot through with vivid sensory cues that pulse with equal parts delight, sensuality, and sadness. That's the way we should describe our show. That's the sort of movie I like. We it, pulse with equal parts delight. Sensuality and sadness. Mm-hmm. It gets better. Shot by Cuaron himself in widescreen black and white, a format that leads monumentality and permanence to the quotidian evanescent events depicted here. I was just going to say that. Roma achieves the rare feat of making the personal authentically political, not through explicit polemic or tortured metaphors, but simply by observing life with enough perspective to reflect it in all its contradictions. I'll be damned. And that's like the tease to get you to read the review. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, I saw a movie the other day that was really, really good, but it didn't lend any monumentality or permanence to the quotidian effinescent events depicted. And I thought, why am I watching this tribe? (laughs) So I got up and I walked out. There's no quotidian events being monumentalized here. <laughs> wow, who's that for? I threw my popcorn in the tree. <laughs> Couldn't lift in my time. <laughs> On a much more serious note, we have a, a, a guest coming up in a moment or two who has benefited mightily, mightily from Warrior Foundation Freedom Station and is an eloquent spokesman for it. Please do stay tuned. To the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. become aware of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, took the tour. Oh, wow. Four years ago? Four or five years, something like that. Yeah. So amazingly impressive. And uh, I'm happy to be involved with and spending this week trying to raise as much money as possible. Everybody there is a volunteer, um, a four-star rated charity with Charity Navigator because they're so efficient with their money. Well, what do they do? You're about to learn it. Yeah, and we appreciate those of you who have already given generously, trusting us, describing why it's such a great organization. Um, but for those not familiar, um, I think you'll have a better idea in a moment or two. We want to welcome uh, to the Armstrong and Getty Show Jr., who's a retired Navy corpsman, uh, Purple Heart recipient, uh, did 10 combat tours, 13 total tours. 10 combat tours. Uh, and he's on the phone. Hey, Junior, how are you? Hey, good morning. I'm uh, doing good. How about you guys? Good, good. Hey, we really appreciate you coming on. 
Um, and, you know, it's it's your life. It's totally up to you. We happen to know you had a hell of a hard road getting to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Can you tell the folks a little bit about that so they understand? Uh, yes, I can. Actually, my story is a little different in which uh, my story kind of takes place uh, after my recovery at the hospital from my injuries uh, suffered in Afghanistan. Um, I was fixing to retire, and uh, after spending two and a half years at the hospital, I was probably disgruntled, quite, quite angry, quite uh, uh, aggravated. I mean, as a Navy corpsman, my job is to take care of my Marines. And uh, when I got injured, I felt like I had failed my Marines. So it uh, took me down a dark road. And actually, um, when I was in treatment for uh, PTS, which was the final part of my rehabilitation, I... Uh, I actually had a suicide attempt, and um, and it was actually successful. I actually uh, it took the hospital to bring me back, and I spent a few weeks in the ICU, and um, and from there, I had a nurse that told me, you know, I'm not here to mingle in your in your personal business, but. Since you've been here, there have been people that come in through through these doors, even as you were unresponsive, and I've never seen as many people come in as came through you that tell something about you. Wow. And uh, fast forward, um, I was about to retire, and uh, my nurse case manager uh, asked me what I was going to do, and I was like, I don't know. And uh, she made a phone call. she made a phone call to Sandy Lemkula, our Warrior Foundation's president, and uh, called her and told her that there was a corpsman that they thought that was a good good recipient to uh, come move into Freedom Station. Um, but they told her that I came with a lot of baggage. I was uh, very angry. I had had a suicide attempt. Um, I was very disgruntled. And uh, there was actually a, a military member that told Sandy that they shouldn't take me because I was so broken and so angry that they thought I, it would just be a failure. Sandy and uh, Judy told my nurse case manager, bring them. So I got retired, and uh, I was so nervous that I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I just had a suicide attempt. I I thought I was back on the right road, and... Um, so they actually escorted me off the base to Sandy, and uh, I came into Freedom Station and uh, dropped all my stuff here, and I left. Uh, I went home, and as I was sitting on my couch, my dad uh, came up to me and said, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, things happen in life that you can't ever explain, you can't ever comprehend, but it, it happens. He goes, you can do one of three things. You can sit on my couch and feel sorry for yourself. And I'm not going to let you do that. So you can either live under my roof and try to find something to do. You can move by yourself and find something to do. Or you can go back to California and move forward and progress. So the next day I got in my car and drove back to San Diego and uh, came in. And Sandy was like, I really didn't think you were going to come back. I thought we were going to have to pack your stuff and... Send you forward. 
And how long ago was that, Junior? That was four years ago. Okay. And uh, and what's the last four years been like? How you doing? Um, the last four years have been have been a struggle, but um, along the way, um, I found a specific group of gentlemen, um, Sandy and uh, a staff member at the hospital, paired me up with uh, the Wolfpack Wheelchair Basketball Program, and um, to see combat wounded, injured vets that were single, double, triple amputees, I realized one thing. What happens, happens. But these guys were so full of life, so full of passion. And just to see their smile when they looked at Sandy and Sandy's smile and glimmer and her pride and joy, I noticed that there was something special there. And it's been it's been a, a roller coaster ride, but there's been more highs than there have been lows. And I have to truly thank Sandy, Judy, Brian, all the, uh, the board and all the volunteers that make this happen. And most of all, generalist people like yourselves and the listeners that are listening that help make everything possible for us. It takes a lot of money to uh, run an organization like this. That's what we're asking for this week. You go to armstrongandgetty.com. We're trying to raise $300,000 this week to help people like Junior to have more stories like Junior just told, and we're at about $220,000 right now. You know, man, I obviously I can't relate to what you've gone through. Um, I'm older than you. I'm a dad, and I just I can tell you a lot of your pain is from the fact that you're a really good person. You really care about people, and, you know, it just it, it hurts me that, you know, somebody with a spirit like yours, you know, has suffered like you have, but my God, it's so good to hear that, that you're feeling feeling like, you know, you're you're trending upward, as they say. It is. It's, uh, it's been a struggle. I mean, um, I, I was a corpsman, and my passion was my Marines. Um, I knew that anybody that's willing to sacrifice themselves for me, for me to do my job, is a love that no one will ever understand. And uh, as a father, I have two young daughters, uh, and I've tried to bestow upon them that, you know, as we might live in a dark world right now. There might be a lot of issues, but one thing that will never change is the heart of a person and the love of a person. And if they can be genuine, they'll make more of an impact than they'll ever know. Right. Here, here. Well, you have helped by telling your story. There's no doubt about that because um, people will donate money, and we're going to be able to do uh, do more of this for years to come, hopefully. Yeah. Hey, Junior, it really takes guts to tell the story you told, and you, you told it beautifully. We sure appreciate the time, and, and we're doing our best for you, all right? Thank you, and uh, I just leave it with one last thing. Uh, the Wolfpack we have saying that we use from um, from uh, Rudyard Kipling. And it's a poem that says, Now this is the law of the jungle, as old and as true as the sky. The wolf that shall keep it may prosper, but the wolf that shall break it must die. For the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. And it's something that we use because it takes a pack to make this go, and every member is just as strong as its weakest link. So we appreciate everybody that helps. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate feeling like part of of helping that pack. Thanks, Junior. Good to talk to you, man. Good to talk to you, too. All right, thanks. So go to armstrongandgetty.com. Give as generously as you can. And there are 300-plus guys 
like Junior, similar circumstances or, or what have you, they're physically healing, and we're trying to get them home for Christmas to be with their families. Just buying a plane ticket, getting them home. Which not only, of course, is something everybody wants to do, uh, it actually has some great benefit in terms of healing. Oh, yeah. Guys come back super refocused on their rehab and their futures and the rest of it. Reminds them who they are. It's really a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, it's the good it does is so many multiples of the dollars it costs. It's practically a miracle. So uh, give what you can, armstrongandgetty.com. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we are wrapping up the week's goodbyes to 41. China-U.S. trade tensions are soaring over the arrest of a tech exec. And Golden Globe nominations announced. We'll get Positive Sean's take on who's in and who's out. succulent Chinese trade. Donate at armstrongandgetty.com. We'll hit you with a total when we come back. Man, that was some story. Glad he came on. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You podcasters have been listening for free for too long. You owe us something. Well, okay. Listen, a lot of you have said, hey, guys, I'd be willing to subscribe and pay X per week or per month for the podcast. You know why we don't charge? Because we're stupid. Because we're stupid. But anyway, why don't you think about what would you be willing to pay per month for the Armstrong and Getty Show? And then instead of giving it to us, give it to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Donate it and help our uh, our warriors who are in their time of greatest need. you got this organization that is all volunteers, and they do fabulous, beautiful, beautiful work helping our guys. So just go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. So if you go to our website, armstrongandgetty.com, we have a little area called the Warriors Speak, where uh, you'll hear a number of the stories that we played this week, including juniors who you just heard. And if you missed it, uh, that's where to catch it, at armstrongandgetty.com. That was pretty powerful. That was really well told. I mean, I realize he lived it, um, but uh, really communicated his experience with Warrior Foundation and Freedom Station. And let's get a little update real quick on where we are. Gladys, drumroll, please. $223,785. Awesome. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you. Beautiful. Hoping to hit 300 by the end of the show tomorrow. I think we can get there. I like the story where some military people said to uh, Sandy and some of the other people at Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, you, you don't want this guy. He's too broken. Forget it. And they said, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's a beautiful story. Let's get the news now with Marsh Phillips. Well, final goodbyes for 41 at his funeral in Houston during an emotional eulogy. Former Secretary of State James Baker remembered his longtime friend George H.W. Bush as having... He had the courage of a warrior. But when the time came for prudence, he always maintained the greater courage of a peacemaker. Baker began the eulogy this morning with an apology using the nickname Jefe, which is Spanish for boss. Baker saying, Jefe, I'm about to do something you always hated and that your mother always told you not to do. Brag about yourself. I will do this because it must be done. Baker going on to praise his longtime friend. China is now demanding that Canada release a Huawei Technologies executive who was arrested in a case that has added to tensions with Washington and threatens to complicate the ongoing trade talks. The Canadian authorities say Meng Wanzhou, Weiwa's chief financial officer, faces possible extradition to the United States. Toronto newspapers say she is accused of trying to evade U.S. curbs on trade with Iran. 
Now we're going to take a look at how this move may be affecting the markets. Positive, Sean, you have your one-word market report update for us, right? Uh, they're falling. The markets are falling. Everything's down. 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 s and is down. The NASDAQ. Russell 2000. I don't know that one. That one's down. <laughs> they are down, down, down. What's the current number on the Dow? I haven't been paying attention. Uh, the Dow is 24,400. A number nobody who really makes money pays attention to, but I just wondered. Riots in Paris show how difficult it can be to fight climate change by raising prices for gasoline and other fuels. I'd say, yeah, among the elite, it's fine. Among working people who can't afford it, your symbolic gestures are a little painful. Economists, oh, wise ones. Economists and others say the taxes are the most efficient way to reduce emissions of heat-trapping gases, but the taxes don't go over well when people are struggling to get by. God, I, I, I say this all the time because I run into it all the time. People who it seems their religion is climate change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've turned their will and lives over to climate change. Well, they have a mission, and and I understand the appeal of that. I get it. That's what's missing in a lot of the Western world. People don't feel like they're living lives of purpose. So I get it, but becoming uh, like a religious fundamentalist crusader who just will sacrifice anything for this goal, no matter how... You know, uh, useless the gesture is. It's just, it's crazy, and you're seeing that in France. Yeah, and it's not just France. People in India, Mexico, and Indonesia have launched into massive protests over higher fuel prices and taxes in the last couple of years. So the uh, the attempt is not working out well. Meanwhile, Lady Gaga is up for two Golden Globe <laughs> Awards. The New York City native was nominated for Best Performance by an Actress for her lead role in A Star is Born. She was also nominated for Best Original show, uh, Song for Shallow, which she's, uh, she sings in the movie. If you're the sort of person that has watched now a third version of A Star is Born, I want to know what your deal is. Turns out he gets <laughs> eclipsed and he gets really drunk and he turns him miserable. There, ah! <laughs> no, no, don't go see it. As the, uh, as the nominations were uh, being rolled out this morning, Positive Sean was uh, reacting rather strongly to some of them. All right, Sean, who should be in, who should be out, or who should be out and who should be in? Well, the, the the biggest one that should not be in the Best Picture nominee is the Bohemian Rhapsody one, the the, the Queen biopic. Uh, a really talented... Apparently you don't do the Fandango. <laughs> I, I do not. A really talented performance yeah. by Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury, but the movie is not good. Yeah, I, I read a bunch of reviews. Now, I haven't seen it. I, do, I have seen quite a few highlights. It does have the look of a TV movie. Yes. Just kind of for fun with a lot of songs. Very yes. big on the set pieces. Right. Really good kind of concert, you know, recreations and stuff. But the actual movie, the the, the interesting part of Queen and Freddie Mercury, yeah. they didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Vice, the upcoming movie, it's uh, released, I believe, on Christmas. Adam McKay, the look at... Uh, Dick Cheney's role in George W.'s right. uh, White House. For some reason, that's getting nominated as a comedy. I, Adam McKay really? typically does comedy Have stuff. Have you seen it? No, it's not out yet. It, it's oh, coming out right. uh, okay, at Christmas. Um, but that led all nominations with six in terms of movies. Okay. So there you that's, go. But, you know, getting back to what Joe's yeah. talking about, so many of these awards are often, you know, a, a political statement. Right. And a Dick Cheney is evil 
movie would get a lot of nominations. If they could make a movie where an evil Dick Cheney stifles a young gay man coming of age, it would win every award. <laughs> but at the end every, of the day... Including, like, Grammys. But at the end of the movie, climate change is dealt with. Right, exactly. <laughs> Please. Yeah, everybody must watch it. And the Gold Globes will be handed out on Sunday, January 6th on NBC. Just out of curiosity, what's the best movie of the year, in your opinion, you saw? Uh... I don't know if that the Sorry to Bother You was my favorite one. That was kind of a modern mix of uh, the movie Office Space yeah. and Alice in Wonderland. A very interesting kind of wow. look on just absurdist working <laughs> culture nowadays. You're blowing my mind. Uh, that was my favorite movie all year. And what's it called again? Sorry to Bother You. Okay. It was right. The Longest Yard Meets Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mix of. <laughs> this, that, and the other thing. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. It was Shawshank Direction with just a hint of uh, the emoji movie. <laughs> exactly. Breakfast at Tiffany's meets 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So the, the petering out is coming up in a little bit. We should play another clip from South Park, speaking of entertainment, since they took on the whole Amazon building their headquarters in your town story. On but South Park last night. Science! Yeah, I want to hear that clip again. Science has uh, announced why everybody's so allergic these days, and it's exactly what oh, you thought. Really? I do want to hear that. Yep. I got one kid very, very allergic. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Armstrong and Getty Show. I guess it's time to face it. We aren't going to get our stuff. Maybe if we reorder everything and have it shipped to a different fulfillment center... There's no time. Let's face it. We can't be in the bike parade. No. I refuse to believe we have no other options. What... What did we do before Amazon? I mean, before we could get whatever we wanted, where did we get stuff? They show up to the mall. It's just overrun with vegetation. <laughs> There's adult contemporary music playing, and all the employees are kind of depicted as zombie-like creatures. Right. Right. That's from South Park's Take on Amazon. Beautiful. Last night. Fabulous. Here on the Armstrong and Getty Show, we're trading to raise money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Well, we are raising money. Thanks to your help. We'll hit a total here pretty soon. But people continuing to donate under anonymous or funny names. Like, we got $27 donated from Yeah, You Saw It. Oh, wow. That's a reference to a clip from 15 years yeah, ago. Way back. Yeah. Uh, $25 from Copper the Pitbull. Maybe that that's just the Pitbull. Pit bull, yeah. um, also, a $50 donation from female Sean McNegative face. <laughs> it's Bizarro Sean. It's Bizarro Sean. Wow. Which is nice. Fueled by the grape with oh, $100. Jack, the long lost Jack Jr. has contributed $27. Call sometime, son. Son! <laughs> Jack Jr. God, I did the bit with Jack Jr. from when I started in radio when I was 19. Jack right. Jr. would vary in age. I'd talk about Jack Jr. He'd vary in age from an infant to college to whatever, <laughs> was, again. whatever was appropriate at the, the, the time. Whatever fit the story best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's fab- Jack Jr. Wow. Uh, fabulous. And then the real names are real people. Joe and Emerson and Kristen and Brandon and Judith and Faye. We see you. There's John up there. 
Fabulous. Thanks, guys. Uh, we got a donation from Harry Thighs. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> Positive bong, which is pretty funny. <laughs> hey, Merkin McChin window. <laughs> Michael, Thank you that's for your you. Donation. That's you, Michael. Whatever. Whatever it takes. This is beautiful. And, you know, listen, we we love this organization. We truly do. We believe in it, and it's an honor to help them. And it never occurred to me that letting you post ridiculous fake names would be so great for the organization. Right. It's what they call serendipity. Let's do a total real quick. I'm kind of interested in where Drop we are. barbecue meat. Oh, a reference to the infamous uh, Welcome Matt Ribs. Our Two, current total. 225554 American dollars. Awesome. Trying to hit $300 by the time we get off the air tomorrow, so we're at 225 Awesome. That's mm. fantastic. So... A little bit earlier in the show, we did one of our challenges where we do something awful on the air until we reach a little mini goal. And what we did that was awful is we played our old producer, Dominic, singing Good Ship Lollipop. Correct. We got this text. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that, but without the setup, I'm afraid it wouldn't have worked Mm. uh, for the context of this. Okay, guys, let me recap my November for you. November 8th, my home and shop are destroyed in the campfire. November 11th, my former mother-in-law, who I liked, passed away unexpectedly. Ah. November 23rd, my son, whose house was also destroyed in the campfire, totaled his truck in a car wreck. So November sucked. All that being said, that Dominic clip is the worst thing that happened to me in 2018. <laughs> Shout out to keeping your sense of humor. Yeah, no you may kidding. have lost your house, but not no your kidding. sense of humor, Jeez. my brother. He lost his business and his home, and his son lost his home. Was it the? That's the, incredible. I think it was Alan Alan Simpson. Was that the guy who spoke at Bush's mm-hmm. funeral? He, yeah. His thing about humor, how humor is the solvent against the abrasiveness of life. That really that really stuck with me from yesterday. I like the whole uh, hatred corrodes the container that holds it too. That was a good one. Nice, nice stuff. So, uh, and he also mentioned that George H. W. Bush walked the path of humility, which is not very crowded here in Washington yeah. D.C. <laughs> That's pretty to funny. Deal with much traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah really good. So, uh, science is still trying to figure out why rates of uh, food allergies are skyrocketing, mostly in the Western world. And some of the numbers are amazing. But uh, this is mostly about Europe. But uh, 7% of children in the UK, 9% in Australia uh, have uh, food allergies, some of them life-threatening. An allergy is caused, Jack, by the immune system fighting substances. Mm. That word again is substances in the environment that should be seen as harmless known as allergens, and the immune system goes crazy and uh, and sometimes throws your body in such a war footing that you die, which is just insane because it's harmless. Um, there yeah. was a five-fold increase in peanut allergies in the U.K. between 1995 and 2016. Well, it went from being something nobody would ever heard of to where we can't have peanuts anywhere because it might kill somebody. Right, right. Skyrocketing. And they're talking about the leading theory, um, and who knows, it may be like many things. There are a couple things going on here. Leading theory is we're just way too clean. That makes the most sense, and I don't know anything about anything, but it makes perfectly good sense. Our immune systems don't know how to deal with, uh, you know, uh, allergens or pathogens in the way that we used to. How much eliminated infections. I mean, it's really, really cut down on dangerous infections, so it's not entirely a bad thing. Well, well, no. I mean, one of the reasons I remind uh, 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 the boys to wash their hands after they go poo 
is because that kills millions of people around the world who don't know that will kill them. I mean, it really right. does. Yeah. Um, but there is something in between washing your hands and not, you know, not bathing in the water you defecate in. There's something between that and our just insane, and I, I see it all the time, and lots of people do it, to tissue on the handle, open with your foot, just so we never come in contact with any germs. Right. Which everybody used to come in contact with and was fine. Yep. Decline in parasitic infections have actually kind of gotten our immune systems off kilter. For millions of years, we dealt with parasites, and now that they aren't around, it's just the mechanism hasn't evolved. That's it. I'm going to get me a good tapeworm. That's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> good to have goals. Good long one. Lack of vitamin D as well. That's suspected. Everybody's spending a lot more time inside. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, kids. It's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Oh, those kids. Uh, here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show. It's a positive Sean. Sean? Yeah, the reintegration of soldiers into civilian life is something that I think uh, needs a lot more looking into, and I'm thrilled to be helping in some small way with the war- wounded, I'm sorry, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Uh, with doing exactly that, reintegrating soldiers into civilian life. Good one. Uh, Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Well, you know, the other day I got the urge to buy some scratchers, and they've been marinating at home. So today after work, work, I'm going to go scratch them. And you know, I've been pretty lucky so far this year with the scratchers. So if I win, I'm going to donate my winnings to the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Awesome. Excellent. Hey, uh, Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, and spend, instead of spending that $20 on a Pete Davidson Chia pet, take that 20 bucks and put it toward the Warrior Foundation, armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> you are something. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, I just want to make sure you don't forget. Armstrongandgetty.com. Donate. A lot of times you intend to donate. You meant to donate. You would donate. You just forget because you get busy. We're all busy. Armstrongandgettyradio.com. If you missed our conversation with Junior, it's uh, segment number two of the uh, hour number four on the podcast. Listen to it. And then having stolen the podcast from us free of charge because we're stupid, uh, please give generously. Okie doke. I see this. You people of the future who are listening in the future. We just got a $25 donation from Sleeve Boy, which is very nice. One, cause I he's... say, Sleeve Boy, how generous of you. Particularly given your wage. We don't pay him much <laughs> for buttoning the little button on our sleeves between the elbow and the wrist. But somebody needs to do it. Right. Um, oh, and it keeps him off the street. All right. 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 Oh, Sleeve Boy. He sports a wife and four kids on that. <laughs> Armstrong, you get it, wrap up another grueling four-hour workday. I did not know that. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Give as generously as you can. Drop us an email. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Armstrong and, oh, I'm sorry. It's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. And once again, you podcasters in the future, donate armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Yep. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.